This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) And this is episode 14. Graveyards. Shit's going to get spooky, y'all. Yes, it's time. It's time. Okay. We've done enough murder. Yeah. We're just, we're just going to be spooky for a little mm-hmm. bit. It's spooky season. It is spooky season. It's September now. Spooky season. It's official. It is official. My fall stuff is beginning to emerge from the depths of my storage closet. And it's so pretty. It, it's so pretty. Yeah. But we are still in Louisiana, so it's still 150 degrees it's outside. It's hot as fuck. But Sorry. we're just pretending. I drank pumpkin today. Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. It was cold pumpkin, but pumpkin nonetheless. Cold. Yeah. Yeah, it had me going till like 3 o'clock. Oh. That coffee that we got. Yeah, it was Woo! so good. It was really good, but um, coffee doesn't really do that to me. I mean. Brittany's a coffee drinker. I am a wuss. My body says, no. Like, I, I get drink, halfway through a cup, and my body's like, ah! I can drink coffee all day and then take a nap, so. That's okay. That's okay. I can get the snacks when we go for coffee runs. Sweet tea is always good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, Wednesday. It Monday. is Wednesday. Hump day. Hump day treat, because we're cool moms. Yeah. So, um, this week for hump day. Mm-hmm. I brought some chips and salsa and queso and quesadillas from El Himidor. Yeah. Yeah. A local Mexican restaurant, and it's delish. And then we are drinking um, some barefoot red Moscato. The bottle has disappeared. It's fine. I spent a whole $7 on that bottle of wine. It may be in the trash can already. It's in the trash can. (laughs) It's fine. I know what it is. It's so good. It's the best $7 you'll ever spend. So, yes. And she got us a few extra treats for tonight because it may be a little bit of a long night. (laughs) You made that sound so like. (laughs) But it's actually a good thing because we're finally having a movie night. And I'm so excited. We keep talking about all these movies that we need to watch and TV shows and stuff that we need to watch. And then we never do it. Yeah, well, now it comes down to it, and I have no idea what to watch. It's fine. Netflix will help guide our way. (laughs) Girl, I got it all. I got Prime, Hulu, Netflix, IMBD TV, YouTube TV, uh, like, whatever. My kid likes stuff. I know, but my kid likes to watch a lot of shit, so. I have Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus. Oh, I have Disney Plus, too. Mm-hmm. Plus the ESPN package. I like my sports. I, don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we'll keep y'all updated on social media what, what we decide to watch tonight. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and follow us on all the things. Yes. All the things. So you can see pictures and stuff from the episodes and 
artsy, fun little things like our movie nights. Yeah. Why would you not want to see that? Right? We're amazing. PJs and mom buns? What? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just uh, keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, go follow us on all the stuff. Uh, what? What what stuff do we have? We have Facebook and Twitter at Oddities and Curiosities Podcast. We have Instagram at Oddities and Curiosities Pod. We post all of our pictures on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Twitter just gets the fun stuff. And then we also have an email if you would like to contact us. You can also message us on any of the other platforms. We like messages. We don't I, get enough messages. I like messages. They're fun. Talk to us. We need friends. I mean, they're okay. <laughs> we like the idea of friends. Yeah. We like to talk to people. Especially like to when it's like not in person. Yeah. Makes it even better. <laughs> yes. My favorite form of communication is over text message. Yes. Yeah. Y'all get it. Mm, so fine. anyways. So yeah, we have an email at oddiesandcuriositiespod at gmail.com. And... Oh, hmm? we've noticed that we've had a lot of new listeners. Hell yeah. Hi, newbies. Hello, babies. We're so excited. Thank well, you. Welcome to the ONC crew. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. So keep rating and reviewing and sharing the podcast and help spread the word. Yeah, because it's getting out there. Yes. Y'all keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. It's so exciting. So, you want to jump on into it? Yeah. Did we ever tell the people what we're doing? I don't think we did. Yeah, we did because we, like, spoke really weird. (laughs) Oh, we said spooky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Graveyards. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Okay. Yeah. I'm there now. I'm back. It's fine. We did it in unison. Oh, yeah. You know that one time that we did it? That one time that it worked out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's like it makes me feel like a little kid because usually, you know, when you try to do some, when we try to do something in unison, if people are around, it doesn't really work. But then when nobody's around, it works. Yeah, it happens, and that's like little kids being like, "Mom, watch this, watch this," and then they try to do it and they can't do it. Well, I could do it a minute ago when you wasn't watching me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh shit! I don't know. We we're we're starting to do it in person around people, and then we're like, oh. That might weird them out. We get looks. We every once in a while, but they're like at the lunch table at work. Yeah, but it just <laughs> makes them realize, oh shit, they really are like that in real life. Yeah, because we are. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're obnoxious. <laughs> Only a little bit sometimes. Okay, I like us. Well, me too. Okay. Okay. I like it when you tell me about your cases. <laughs> Nice segue. There we go. Okay. Let's rein this in. Yeah. So, graveyards. I decided to do a graveyard from our home state of Louisiana in the motherland of New Orleans. Now, when we went on our trip, we weren't able to go to this graveyard. Bitches. The cemetery was closed. Yeah. You couldn't buy tours because of COVID. Whatever. But I'm not whatever in COVID anymore. Can't do it. Ugh. Mask up, people. Wash your hands. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> but anyway, 
We weren't able to visit it, so that was really sad, but that's on my bucket list. So I'm going to try every time I go. But um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of history of the cemetery. Yes. And then we'll talk about some of the ghostly things. And then I'm going to tell you about a few other people that are buried there. Just noteworthy peeps. Okay. All right. So I'm doing the St. Louis Cemetery number one. Yeah. It was established in 1789 and holds the title of being the oldest cemetery in the city of New Orleans. Yes, bitch. So go to the notes. And look at uh, Aerial View. Aerial. Oh, the that's f- the <gasps> cemetery. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's God, not. We were right there, too. I know. <laughs> it's huge, but tiny at the same time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, it's a really big cemetery, but not big enough for the number of people that are in there. I, I know of a few of those. Yeah. All over New Orleans. Yeah. in 1788 new orleans suffered a number of significant setbacks including the first of two great fires and an epidemic that taxed the already full cemetery located on saint peter street so that was the the yellow fever epidemic is what it was we learned that oh god yes did we it was bad yeah it was really bad it almost wiped out the whole population yeah In response to concerns from doctors about the spread of diseases, the acting government of the city ordered the earlier cemetery to be closed and a new cemetery to be established further away from the population. So the church selected a 300-square-foot piece of land bordering marshy swampland outside of the confines of the city and about 40 yards from the rear garden of the location of Charity Hospital. Okay. A picket fence was erected around its perimeter, and burials began immediately. The cemetery was initially constructed as a temporary burial site, but was soon after approved as permanent by Spanish royal decree on August 14, 1789. It can be assumed that during the 18th century, St. Louis Cemetery No. 1 took the form of in-ground burials. So they were burying people into dirt. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1803, a city ordinance was issued mandating that all burials occur above the ground in an effort to deal with the low-lying landscape of the cemetery and the constant threat of flooding. Now, that is the information that I found everywhere. Okay. We learned that not to be entirely true when we went to New Orleans. The tour guide said that it wasn't just the low sea level why people were being buried above ground it was because of the process of getting rid of the yellow fever right they were essentially baking people in these tombs yeah to kill the disease yeah that that's kind of where the monuments came from in the mausoleums because they would place them on like the top rack and let them cook and then push the rashes to the bottom yep just scrape them off down into a pit yeah it was insane but the articles i found talked about the flooding, but no mention of that yellow fever thing. Hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe both were contributing factors. Who knows? I, yeah. I, probably. There's no way for us to know at this point. We're just going to go with that. Yeah. Go back to the notes. And there's a picture that says St. Louis Cemetery. And so that just shows like the above ground tombs. Oh, yeah. And you can see where multiple bodies, the whole brick oven pizza thing we were just talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can see where, um, like, that couple of them, you could 
put two bodies in, that one in the center there, you could put three bodies in. But, yeah, that's essentially what the um, above-ground tombs looked like. These were for, like, normal people. Right. They're not all fancy dressy. Like, you can see some of the ones next to it were all fancy pants. That's yeah, weird. those big tall ones in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Though the mandate was not strictly followed, it did prompt the style of cemetery we are most familiar with today in New Orleans, above-ground tombs. An aesthetic tradition of memorial architecture that we inherited from France and Spain with the added benefit of it solving the issues associated with a very high water table and, as we know, yellow fever. Yeah. Through heavy use throughout its early years, the cemetery expanded from the confines of its original footprint, eventually reaching directly up to the ramparts of the city. So it just continued to grow. Oof. Following the Louisiana Purchase in 1803 and the Haitian Revolution of 1791 to 1804, the demographics of the New Orleans population shifted dramatically. Americans from the northern states flooded the city and brought Protestantism. I can't say that word. Protestantism? Protestantism. I don't know. One of those sounded good, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just go with it. And thousands of refugees from Haiti arrived with a mixture of Catholic, Caribbean, and West African-based religious beliefs. The cemetery was enlarged to accommodate this influx with an additional plot of land added at the rear of the original footprint for use as a Protestant burial ground and adjacent to it a space allotted for the burials of African-Americans and other people of color. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know, I mean, that's it was 1800s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... You know they're going to segregate, but I thought it was kind of impressive that they still included them in that cemetery, well, yeah, and not yeah. gave them their complete own somewhere else. You know, and not segregated that way. They were like, okay, everyone can be buried in this cemetery, but you know, they split it up in there. I don't know. I just think it's kind of odd for the time to even bury them that close to each other. Well, I mean, think of the the last one that we went to that had that wall mm-hmm. that was like four tombs high. Yeah. So it was kind of separated to class. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, they were all still included. They're all yeah. still there. All of, all inclusive like burial. That. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I just thought it was you know with as much as things are segregated were segregated mm-hmm. then, especially here in the South, that they would even put them on the same you know, all the different groups of people on the same plot of land. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, um, we're going to skip up a few years to 1975. St. Louis Cemetery number one was listed on the National Register of Historic Places as having a national level of significance in the areas of art and architecture. Absolutely. So let's go look at another picture of the cemetery. This one says broken tomb. It doesn't really go with that part, but um, I just wanted to put this picture in there because I think it looks cool. It does look cool. A lot of a lot of the the tombs and mausoleums were uh, gated off with their own fences. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out! Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Don't sneak your bodies in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Neville. Kramer. Sort of. <laughs> So, a side note, (laughs) the reason I said that, my son, my three-year-old son, loves the movie Monster House. Oh, so does my daughter. And he can't say the word thumb. He says stum. (laughs) Yeah. 
But he can say never cracker. Like, what the fuck? He's like, I got to, he'll like play Monster House at home. Yeah. And he'll like roll a ball into the dining room and he'll say, I can't go get that. That's at the Monster House. And then he'll say, wait, I got to go get it before Nebercracker comes out. And he'll take off running and go get his ball. And I'm like, how are you saying Nebercracker right now? That's why he wanted a kite. I bet that is why he wanted a kite. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Okay. They went to the beach. He wanted a kite. And we couldn't figure out where he got it from. That might be. I don't know. It could be. Maybe. And when we got there. We saw this dude on the beach flying a kite. Now, mind you, a hurricane was a coming. Right. So we weren't going to buy a $30 kite from the kite shop just to let the hurricane suck up. So we watched this other guy fly his kite. And Ashton kept saying, how come the mailman didn't bring my kite? Because, you know, Amazon. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) mommy didn't order you one. No. I mean, we all know the effects of what Benjamin Franklin did. Lightning and kites are not good. Mm, Yeah. He got over it pretty quick, though. Good. Anywho, (laughs) back to the matter at hand. St. Louis Cemetery uh, has been around for almost 300 years. In that time, untold numbers of people have been laid to rest here. So when trying to answer the question of who is buried at St. Louis Cemetery, number one, you'll find yourself trying to answer the question, which is almost impossible to answer. It could be almost anyone. I believe it. Yeah. However, there are a few ghosts which are seen here more often than others. In these cases, we have a pretty good idea of who they are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we're going into the ghostly part. I'm excited. The most famous ghost which is seen within St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 is that of Marie Laveau. Mm. If you want to go to the notes, mm-hmm. I found a picture, an actual picture of her. It says Marie Laveau. Oh, yes. I love her. So I much. know. Most of the pictures that I find are like paintings of her with her head wrap on. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could have found a picture of her with her head wrap on, but I couldn't. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, I thought that was great. Look how prim and proper she looks. Oh, I love her. We all know that's a front. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you all. <laughs> so, commonly known as the Voodoo Queen, Marie was born in 1801 and would become the most revered and at times feared voodoo practitioner in New Orleans history. She practiced fortune-telling, the occult, and worked with herbal remedies. As awareness of Marie's skills and power spread throughout the population, her fame grew and gained unimaginable strength. Legend has it that she knew all of the secrets of all levels of society. And there's no doubt she did, as hordes of people fawned over her, begging for her to help them with their problems or to assist them in their own rituals and spells. She was, quite literally, the go-to voodoo practitioner in New Orleans during the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And guys, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now, I'm I'm not going to talk too much more about her, but we will be doing a full episode on Marie Laveau in the future. Y'all. So, the ghost of Marie Laveau has been spotted in many locations throughout the French Quarter, including meandering down the street past her old house at 1022 St. Anne Street. Mm-hmm. She's most recognizable by the red and white turban tucked around her hair and by the brilliantly colored clothes she wears. But even as people follow her, she disappears, just vanishes from sight. Within the cemetery, individuals have reported seeing the ghost of Marie Laveau walking through the tombs. And for those willing and risking to disregard her or her beliefs of religion, reports exist of people being scratched, pinched, or shoved down to the ground. So don't talk shit about voodoo or she's going to get you. Yeah. Is pretty much what I just said. Yeah. 
Marie, as they say, is not always deemed the friendliest of spirits. Okay. Perhaps most interesting of all is the practice of marking the tomb of Marie Laveau with three X's while asking her for a favor or making a wish. Uh-huh. If you want to go to the notes, uh-huh. I have a picture of her tomb. It says Marie Laveau tomb. And you see where all these people have marked X's on there? Yeah. And left gifts and such. So I read on another website, and I only read it in one place, so I didn't include it, but I guess I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. They say if you mark, you mark an X, and then you knock three times, you turn around and knock three times. Oh, good Lord. And then you ask for something, and then you mark another X, and you leave. And if she grants your wish, you come back with a gift and mark the third X. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, damn. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the rules are. But. So you're saying that when we need to go, we or when we go, we need to bring something to mark her tomb with? No, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. Legend has it <laughs> that if the wish is granted, the person is required to return and place a gift at the side of her tomb. Unfortunately, this has led to a lot of vandalism, including two instances when the entire tomb was painted a Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> okay, Shelby. The result was the Archdiocese of New Orleans closing the cemetery off to the general public after March 2015. Today, only people on licensed tours may proceed inside. Mm. Even the change in policy has not stopped guests from experiencing something otherworldly at Marie Laveau's tomb. Visitors have reported all sorts of paranormal happenings while trying to interact with the now-deceased voodoo queen. Feelings of being touched, becoming unexplainably ill, and hearing voices emanating from inside the tomb have all been said to happen on occasion. As a courtesy, if you do visit the tomb of Marie Laveau, please do not leave marks of any kind on it. It is vandalism and must be stopped in order to preserve this historic yet haunted location in New Orleans. Okay. So, I respect that. Yeah, we're not allowed to mark on it. I do like that. We can still take her a present and ask for something, though. I mean, let's not She des- might still oblige. Yeah, I mean, don't desecrate her burial yeah. we'll just place take, of rest. We'll just take presents. Everybody likes presents. Everybody. We'll take her a sticker. <gasps> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> So, my next person, I looked up how to say the last name, and now that I'm looking at it, I don't know how to say it. Was it? <laughs> I don't remember. Don't ask me. I think it was Vignette. Vin- Vignette. Vignette? Okay. Vin- I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Vignette or something of the sort. So. Okay. All right. This is the story of Henry Vignette, which is a tragically sad one. As a sailor during the 19th century, Henry Vignette had no true home to speak of. He was a nomad traveling here and there, sailing on the high seas. But in New Orleans, he made his home at a local boarding house. He was constantly worried about his important papers while away from the Crescent City, so much that before departing on another voyage, he asked the owner of the boarding house to keep his papers if he died. Oh, shit. I know. (laughs) Okay. These papers included his family tombs. The owner of the boarding house promised Henry that all would be well. You'll have nothing to worry about. Why do I call bullshit? Right. But all was not well. While Henry was at sea, the owner sold Henry's family tomb. Mm. He discovered her treachery. 
that bitch. I had to, <laughs> I had to include that word. You don't get to say the word treachery enough in normal everyday life. Okay. <laughs> he discovered her treachery when he returned to New Orleans. Poor Henry was never able to rectify the problem legally or on his own terms. Shortly after his return, he got sick and died. Oh, shit. But as his family tomb had already been sold and there was no money to build another, Henry's body was then buried in an unmarked grave in the pauper section of St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. I'd be pissed. I know. I'd haunt that bitch. We'll get to it. Ah! <laughs> okay. Although his body was laid to rest over a century ago, the ghost of Henry, I'm not saying his last name anymore. Yeah, it's, fine. it's ridiculous. The ghost <laughs> of Henry is still seen wandering the cemetery. He is described as being tall with blue eyes. It appears in a way that visitors of the cemetery think he is a person and have actually spoken with his ghost. Strolling up to the tourists, he asks if they know where the vignette <laughs> tomb is located, for he is having trouble finding it himself. Aww. Allegedly, Henry's ghost has even turned up to funerals, appearing behind the grieving to ask if there might be any more room in the tomb for him. Aww. His apparition has been caught on camera, and so has the distinct sound of a male's voice on an EVP proclaiming, I need to rest. Aww. He just wants to take a nap. I know. <laughs> and I tried so hard to find, you know, him being caught on camera and the EVP. I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't know who. I don't know. I tried. It's okay. We're not going to post bullshit. Yeah. So. Um, another lost ghost haunting St. Louis Cemetery number one is that of Alphonse. Like Henry, it seems that the spirit of Alphonse is only hoping to find a place to rest his soul. His spirit has been known to take a visitor's hand in his as he pulls them to a stop. Smiling widely, he'll ask them to bring him home. But what home is it that he speaks of? Uh. That remains unknown, though his apparition has been seen gathering the flowers off of other graves and placing the offerings on his tomb. Aww. They don't even know for sure if that's his tomb. Okay. I mean, people aren't even 100% sure that his name's Alphonse. He's just a ghost that's been named. Um, it is thought that Alphonse may have been murdered or betrayed by someone of the Penid family. For every time a visitor steps near the Penid family tomb, Alphonse appears to warn them to stay away. It seems that uh, whatever story exists will forever have to remain with Alphonse. Perhaps he is just one of the hundreds, if not thousands, of ghostly Civil War soldiers or yellow fever victims wandering the cemetery. Wow. So, those are the only, like, ghostly things I can find. But, here are some other notables buried in the cemetery. <laughs> That's an evil little laugh. He's <laughs> like, excited evil. <laughs> I don't know. A native of Virginia and a great success as Louisiana's first American governor, William Claiborne was a well-known politician in the South. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to go to your notes. Yeah. And there's a picture that says William Claiborne. Hello. And some snazzy, um... Oh, he is... Like, military accoutrement. To the T. <laughs> right? Hello. 
Yeah. While he was governor, William dealt with the nefarious actions of the infamous French pirate Jean Lafitte and his band of grunts. William was well known for his utter disgust for the dirty privateer, even going so far as to offer a $500 reward for Lafitte's capture. Mm-hmm. In a hilarious response to the listing, Lafitte posted a $5,000 bounty for the governor's capture. (laughs) During his lifetime, the governor was known to be a hit with the ladies. Okay. (laughs) Judging by that haircut, I don't think that's very true. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) More often than not, William could always be seen walking down the street with a fancy cane, tall hat, devilish grin, and confident swagger. Okay, Luca. (laughs) Right? He's <laughs> devastatingly good looking. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> he continued to serve his term until 1816 when he was elected to the U.S. Senate. Less than a year later, he passed from a liver infection and was later buried in the Protestant section of St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. Okay. Okay, this next person I'm going to tell you about... Mm-hmm. I only found a tiny blip in regards to um, the cemetery case, but I think I'm going to look this dude up. Like, I think I need to know more about this dude. Okay. I know. Very interesting. Okay. So his name is Homer Plessy. I like the name. So Homer Plessy of the 1896 separate but equal Plessy versus Ferguson U.S. Supreme Court case was a New Orleans native. So, if you want to go look at the notes and see a picture of Mr. Homer Plessy. Yeah. There he is. Oh! With a very well-manicured beard. Hello. Right? Dude. I mean. Hey. (laughs) Devastatingly (laughs) good looking. Okay. Okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Born of two white-passing parents, his great-grandmother had been brought to the South from Africa, making him one-eighth African. Oh. At the time, he would have been called a jeune de couleur libre, or a free person of color. Okay. He was involved in many social activist groups as a courageous leader, and his court case played a primary role in the formation of the NAACP and the Civil Rights Movement. You go, boy. Right? Doesn't he seem like an interesting person to research? He does, actually, yeah. Um, if you go look at the notes, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and read this for you, but oh, I God. included a picture of the plaque that is on his tomb at the St. Louis Cemetery. Uh, so. I had to enlarge it. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a lot of words. It's a lot of words. But if you want to read it, Y'all it's there for you. Do it. Yeah. Um, the next dude... This is an interesting story as well. And I hadn't heard of these people before, but these are like interesting little tidbits. All right. Good job. Recognized by many as the unofficial world champion of chess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Morphy had a natural talent that was unheard of in the 19th century. So go to the notes and look at the picture of Paul Morphy. And I was careful to find one where he was sitting at a chess table. Okay. Good job, lady. (laughs) at him black tie affair playing chess i tell you what i mean he is all prim and proper yeah okay get it girl his aptitude for the game swept the country especially after he completed and won a 10-hour match facing away from his opponent while attendants moved the pieces for him what so he wasn't even looking at the board okay and he still won what the 
I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Although he continued to play chess after this iconic match, his heart wasn't in it anymore. I mean, why would it be? After you've done something that big. Like, uh, yeah. I'd have been shit. I'm done now. Hold my drink. Top that. <laughs> right. In an attempt to change careers, he decided to open a law office, but his potential clients were only interested in a game of chess. <laughs> Go figure. Frustrated, he eventually closed up his practice. Later in life, Morphy experienced a break with reality, fearing being poisoned and watched. He exhibited strange behaviors like following women for hours just to be a voyeur and only eating food prepared by his mother or sister. Okay. <laughs> right? In the late 1870s, he allegedly ran through the streets of the French Quarter, stark naked and wielding an axe, threatening to kill the first person who crossed him. What is it with okay. people from the South and axes? I just need to know. Before it got to the part of threatening to kill people, I was like, yeah, goals. <laughs> Never mind. But he succumbed to madness and had a stroke in the bathtub in 1884. <laughs> the dude died in the tub, no! bro. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I said he died and you're like, because he was in the bathtub. If I'm going to have a stroke, I'd be happy to have a stroke in the bathtub. I would. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's better than Elvis on the toilet. Okay, true. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One more story. Okay. On uh -huh. <laughs> okay. One more story. <laughs> On April 10th, 1834, a fire broke out in the kitchen of Madame LaLaurie's Grand Mansion. Mm -hmm. In its aftermath, rescuers found several slaves who had been starved, tortured, and chained in the attic. Mm. News of the abuse quickly spread through the town, and a crowd ransacked and nearly de destroyed the mansion. Newspapers nationwide reported on the details of this dreadful occurrence. In the midst of the chaos, Madame LaLaurie and her family escaped, reportedly fleeing to France. In the late 1930s, a cracked copper plate was exposed in Alley 4 of St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 with the inscription, a bunch of French words <laughs> that I, I can't say. say Wow. But the English translation reads... There we go. Madame LaLaurie, born Marie Delphine McCarthy, died in Paris December 7th, 1842, at the age of six. Oh, shit. But... Wait, what? I know. I think that it was just cut off because if you look at the French one, it gives a dot, dot, dot after the six. Like, maybe there was some stuff yeah. that could be read. Yeah. So, I'm assuming it was 60-something. Yeah. I don't think that was the age of six. There's no yeah. possible way. So, although records indicate that she died in France on December 7th in 1849, according to some, she is actually buried in the Blanc tomb at St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. So, if you want to go to the notes, of I've got a picture course. of Madame LaLaurie. Oh, hey, girl! In one of those beautiful vintage oval frames, but she is a monster, so you can't think she's beautiful. Uh, well, I... Okay. You can't think she's beautiful. She's a fucking monster. We're going to do a whole episode on her too, y'all. Yeah. And she's a fucking monster. Horrific. No. You cannot idolize her, Amanda. I, she tortured people. I, I, it, I, English. Okay. It's not that I idolize her. It's kind of like Elizabeth Bathory. Like I'm 
fascinated. Okay, you by can be her. fascinated, but you can't look at her like that. Like you just looked with the like twinkly eyes and smiley face. No, the twinkly <laughs> eyes and smiley face is because <laughs> I've been popping at the seams. <laughs> Popping at the seams. Okay. Bursting. Not bursting. Popping. Popping Popping at the seams. Splitting the fuck open. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember when we were in New Orleans and we had to take a break because it was so fucking hot when we were walking around the French Quarter. Mm -hmm. So Amanda needed to sit down because her feet were hurting and Brittany all of a sudden got sick. I almost died in New Orleans. She almost died. Twice. Now. (laughs) Since we've been doing this podcast. At least once a week (laughs) for the entirety of my life, I've almost died. It's fine. (laughs) She's not. But no, seriously. A drama queen. (laughs) When we were walking, Amanda had to take a break. Yeah. And the steps she chose to sit on (laughs) just happened to be the steps of Madame LaLaurie's mansion. I, it was not intentional. I was like, look, I got to sit. Which was all well and good until I felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. Like, got super clammy and, like, head spinny and, like, it it was crazy. Like, I felt super faint, like I was about to pass out and I was sweating, like. But it hit her, like, all of a sudden. Okay, we were both drinking these hurricane drinks that were super sweet. We ended up throwing them away. So, I wasn't drunk. It wasn't a drunk thing. No, they were just really sweet. It didn't taste like, like, the typical good hurricane. Yeah, too much sugar. And heat. They they just don't mix. So, anyways, but we did sit on the steps. But we couldn't see inside. I was really bummed out because they have the curtains closed and it's because like people private, live there yeah Ugh. it's a private apartment and they want building. privacy blah 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 whatever people right but we did take some pictures mm-hmm. so we need to share those with you we'll share those with you guys too i th- i think we only got like one good one it's on my phone i'll send it to you i was about to say i don't remember who has it i do i got it <laughs> okay but um we'll share that with y'all as well it was an experience. It but was yeah. good. But now we're thinking maybe um, maybe it was ghostly. Maybe a spirit made me sick. They can do that. They can. I mean. Because as soon as we got in the Uber, as soon as the Uber came and picked us up and we left. Fine. I felt fine. And I didn't feel bad again the nope. entire trip. Nope. Just so, that one time. Mm-hmm. So it may, have been, it may have been ghostly. It could be. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, One more paragraph. With the high number of typical ghost sightings, it's easy to see why so many people flock to New Orleans to visit this haunted cemetery. From the voodoo queen to the lonely Alphonse, some ghosts are just looking for a home or a place to rest. Aren't they all? Yeah. Whether you are looking for a historical or paranormal experience, by going to the St. Louis Cemetery, you will likely get to see some uninvited guests. Mm Mm-hmm. Taking a guided tour of the grounds can give you an experience that you can't get anywhere else. And if you are specifically looking to get to interact with some apparitions, then you will likely find what you are looking for in this attraction and its many known ghostly presence. With the few main hauntings that are regularly seen in the cemetery, there are many others that are not so common that have been reported. From the feeling of someone watching them to the soft voice of someone standing behind them, visitors have been scaring themselves for decades at this haunted location. Yeah. Hence our experience sitting on her steps. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. Ah! That's all of it. Okay. 
That was really, really good. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. It was fun. Oh my god! And there were so many pictures. I could have, I could have added like four billion pictures of yep. the cemetery. Girl, I, I find I had cemeteries to narrow beautiful. mine down. So I, yeah, yeah. Okay, we ready? I ready. My case is on the Greyfriars Kirkyard. Yay! Yeah. I okay. <laughs> I did this case because of a specific reason, and I have a little bit of a guilty conscience. <laughs> I do. Don't look at me like that. I do. Because when we were talking about doing this stuff, I was like, okay, I want to do this one. And I had no idea that it was actually pointing to the graveyard that Brittany wanted to do. It's okay. Or that she had an idea of doing. And it, man, this is a fucking rabbit hole, you guys. So I <laughs> just. I tried to stick to the main points. But, yeah. this I'm so excited. We're putting this one on the list. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on the list. Okay. So, in Edinburgh, Scotland, they have a whole lot of haunted places to explore, like ghost walks, creepy castles, and sites of witch burnings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Yes. Already. First sentence. I'm in. Yep. Okay, but the city in Scotland also has what some consider to be the most haunted graveyard in the world. Greyfriars Kirkyard is also the home of the Black Mausoleum. My reason for doing the case. Okay, so I have a picture of Edinburgh. Okay. Slows Edinburgh. Um, I am in love with this town. Oh my God. I have found us another castle. This is where we're going to retire, right? This is it. This, I'm telling you, this is it. Steven, I hope you're on board with that plan. Bye. Uh, the first picture is a picture of the castle from the Kirkyard. So we get a view, we get a view yeah. Of the cemetery. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. And then the next ones are like, I still included the castle in all the pictures because it's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's what it looks like just from different high points of the city. Yep. Here for it. Yep. 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 So here we go. A little bit of history for you. Born around 1560. Greyfriars takes its name from the Franciscan Friary on the site because um, it's called Grey because they wore gray robes or habits, whatever you want to call them. But after a year, they were voided out around 1561. Hello. Uh, They lived there peacefully, though, while taking care of the sick and others in need while they were there. But it all changed during the reign of Henry VIII. When he was in conflict with the Catholic Church over his intended marriage to Anne Boleyn, but he wanted to divorce Catherine of Aragon, they weren't cool with that. So he decided to dissolve the monastic houses. So Catholicism was out and Episcopalian was in. That's how you do that. I mean, there was always a religious conflict back then, it seems, like, of every religion. I can't All keep the up time. anymore. It's still happening. There's always <laughs> I know, conflict. I know. 
but yeah. I mean, it it really does sound like a bunch of like you know high school drama to me. But I don't know shit about fuck. So there you go. But y'all are about to. So that ended, and the Kirkyard soon took on a new role. The official churchyard was founded in 1591 after a royal sanction was granted by Mary, Queen Bitch of Scots. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I love her. To replace the one at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. Um, St. Giles was like the main church at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's why they needed to do that. It was the time of the plague and bodies were piling up in the Giles Cemetery, cemetery and it was, like, bursting. It, it was full. Let the bodies at the floor. <laughs> I cannot growl, but that is so going through my head right now. <laughs> I know. We're just going to leave it at that, because I can't do that either. I wouldn't do, wouldn't do it justice, but that's what popped into my brain. Oh, and you are pretty, yeah, okay. On point? Yep, on point. Okay. So, Greyfriar became a mass burial site. There are known to be about 800,000 graves in the cemetery, but there is quite possibly a quarter of a million bodies buried there. Ick. There are so many that the local residents, even to this day, Report that when it rains, this this is a legit of when it rains, it pours kind of flooding thing. It's not uncommon to see a bone sticking out of the ground. Plumbers and contractors have to be very careful because they found remains as little as like a few feet down. Yeah. There is a church built there that started its construction around 1602. And it took 20 years to complete it because of all of the remains Wow. So now it actually sits on top of a mound. When I say mound, I don't mean like a little a little bitty hill. I mean like a freaking mound and it's actually a mass grave. Um they built a church on top of a mass grave. They yep, that's Get the fuck out. Yeah. Do better Scotland. I have pictures. Oh my gosh. Where do I go? Okay, go to Greyfriars Kirkyard. Okay. Okay. Um Ooh, pretty gate. The first one is the is the gate to the whole thing. It's beautiful. If you look at the second one and the last one, you can kind of tell that it is on an incline. Mm-hmm. I see this. That is the mound that I'm talking about. It is massive. Hold the phone. So they have buried people and placed mausoleums on top of yes the already yes. mound of bodies. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other picture I have on there, I will reference in a few moments. Okay. But I just wanted to include all of them in the same little grouping because there are so many. Okay. Okay. Um... So, yeah, that's the basics of the Kirkyard. The Kirkyard was also involved in the history of the Covenanters. The Covenanting movement began with the signing of the National Covenant in Greyfriars Kirk in 1638. Basically, a bunch of people who didn't want to reform to the new religion signed a piece of paper saying that they weren't going to abandon their current faith. Okay. They signed the Covenant. Okay. Okay. So, this caused a little spat... 
And um, there was a battle, but the Covenanters lost. It was called the uh, Battle at Bothwell Brig, also Bridge, in 1679. It was a huge, huge deal. Um, so as a result of this, 1,200 of these reformers were um, imprisoned by Sir George Mackenzie. He was a merciless merciless judge who presided over the trials of the Presbyterian Covenanters, and he was also a former deputy justice in the Salem Witch Trials. Okay. Oh, and he was also known for his essays and um, other writings. Like, he was actually a pretty famous writer. They considered him to write the first novel in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, he sounds great. Get it, George McKenzie. Nope. 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 Don't get it. Nope. We don't like him. Okay, don't get it, George McKenzie. Um, he wasn't... Okay, he wasn't necessarily a complete asshole, but he followed the rules to the T by the book. Okay. And then he kind of, like, um, took it to the extreme after that. Okay. He said he was allowed to do it, so he did the damn thing. Okay. He was appointed as the king's advocate under Charles II because the people had issues with the king about religion and stuff. So he was kind of considered like an attorney general. I have a picture of George. It says George McKenzie. Look at that wig. Mm. All right. Yep. That is something. He's got the eyes. The crazy eyes. Or just like the cold, heartless eyes, you know. Whatevs. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> it, it's, it's fine. So, to crush this rebellion against the crown, Bloody Mackenzie was brutal in his punishments. The prisoners were placed in a field in the south of the Kirkyard. The area became known as the Covenanter's Prison. Okay, so the yard that the prisoners were locked in was completely open. And they were exposed to all of the elements. This was close to wintertime when they... Um, were put in there. They were only given four ounces of bread a day. Yeah. Yeah. I like food too much for that. I, I love me some carbs. I can't do only four ounces a day. Mm-mm. No. Uh, and like he pretty much locked them away and, and threw away the key. Yeah. Uh, they spent over four months in the graveyard awaiting trial Conditions were so inhumane that the Covenanters' prison is described as the wor- as the world's first concentration camp. Okay, it was yeah, it was it was really really bad. Many prisoners were executed and hundreds died of maltreatment. Um, originally, there were three thousand, but twelve hundred were put into this Kirkyard, and out of the twelve hundred, only three hundred ended up being left. Oh, my God. That's how many died. The fuck? Uh, some did try to escape, and if you had money, there were rumors that, you know, you could get out and buy your way out. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, in, out of this 300, they were put on a ship, and they were sold to slavery, and they were supposedly headed towards Australia, but I don't, it's not, like, confirmed because it, uh, it wrecked. <laughs> Oh, and then so everybody else died. Well, no, the 60 survived. The actual. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay, we get into the juicy shit now. 
jersey that jersey shit that jersey shit (laughs) (laughs) most of the hauntings are actually linked to the ghost of george mckenzie the black mausoleum is his final resting place so he gets the bougie tomb Mm -hmm. well it was designed before all of this i believe for him and his family members or you know whatever that's what i want mine to look like and now if I build one, I'm just going to be copying him. You haven't even seen it yet. Okay, you have. Yes, but they I have did. It. They have. They have. Calm down. It's still what I want. They Me don't too. know what I, I want. I know. I, I kind of want it, too. It's beautiful. Um, Pause that. Hold that thought for a second. Okay. I'm done. In the realms of folklore, the Black Mausoleum has become infamous as the focus of hauntings of the Mackenzie poltergeist. He actually died of natural causes in the late 1600s. I think it was like 1692 or something like that. But, (laughs) okay. Think about it, though. He's buried in the place where he imprisoned all those people. (laughs) So, if those people have ghosts, they're probably torturing his ghosts. Mm Mm-hmm. So, that that might explain why there's so much activity there. Mm Mm-hmm. I do have a picture of this black mausoleum. (laughs) Okay. It says Black Mausoleum. You guys, it is my dream Mm. to die and be buried in a beautiful, ornate mausoleum such as this in the creepiest cemetery that can be found. Yeah, she actually told me her uh, funeral death plans today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It is going to be the most macabre, beautiful thing ever. Yeah, I'm here for it. Something straight out of the works of Edgar Allan Poe. I will give it to you, baby. Okay, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I got you, boo. The vault is actually located behind the wall, the high walls and locked gates of the Covenanter's prison. <laughs> like, he's not just in the same graveyard. He's, like, he's right there and in locked it. In. <laughs> That's great. So, um, it's actually closed to the public now, but there are tours provided by the City of Death Tours. Okay. I like the name. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I'm here for it. Many dark stories are passed down from the victims entering the Black Mausoleum and suffered extremely unpleasant fates. The attack started in 1999 after a homeless man broke into McKenzie's vault. Like, what? Why would you do it? Uh, here we go. But after that, it unleashed an evil force. It's like opening Pandora's box. Yes, ma'am. And this story goes like this. (laughs) And it goes like a dick. There she is. Hey. (laughs) You got it. So here we go. It was a dark and stormy night in 1998. And the homeless man was seeking shelter. Wandering through the graveyard, he came upon an enormous structure that looked just right. As he peered inside the windows into the two massive front doors that were obviously locked, he saw a small opening in the back that was just big enough for him to crawl through. So he steps inside and he sees a big grate in the middle of the floor. He decides to open it. Why? Why would you do it? I don't know. Uh. I I wouldn't be breaking inside of a mausoleum. I can't say I wouldn't do that, but I, no, 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 I no, nope. Can't do that. <laughs> Too much bad juju, baby. Okay. Okay. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't have a pen pal. You can't break into a mausoleum, okay? Fine. <laughs> okay, um, you'll see why. Okay. Th- this might convince you. Okay. Okay. So, um, he crawls in through the opening and steps inside, and he sees that big grate in the floor, and he decides to open it. But when he does, he sees some stone stairs that lead down into a lower level. I would go there. Well, fuck yeah. I mean, if you've already <laughs> opened the grate, you might as well go down there. You go down the steps. So he does go down there and he finds four coffins, maybe six. I don't know. People have said different things, but at least four. And, you know, by that time, like, I mean, he's homeless. He's probably thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to get to open these up and see if there's anything that could give me some cash. Right. Okay. Right. But as he's trying to pry open one of them, he leans back and the wooden floor beneath him gives way and he crashes through into a pit of rotting plague victims. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. He's now in in a mass grave of like 20 plus people. Okay, that's not the worst part. That's not the worst part. So let me take a second to describe this pile of absolute horror that he fell into. These bodies were about 400 years old. So it was just bones. Nope. But they looked like they were only a decade old because of how well they had been sealed. So they no! were they were still gooey. No. <laughs> yeah. That was plague goo. Baby. Oh. That was plague goo. <laughs> oh, that's not okay. Um, like you could still see their faces a little bit. Like. Oh. Yeah, like that agonizing smell? looks. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Some still had clothes on and there was even still some blood remaining. Oh, shut the fuck Oh, up. yes. Yeah. Um, there's this like illuminating moss down there, which they call uh, goblin's gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally fucking spooky. Yeah, I learned about that on Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know what I'm yes! talking about? Yes, I was like, oh, I know that shit. Yes, <laughs> Scooby Doo, Scooby fucking Doo, y'all. Yes, Scooby fucking Doo. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, considering all that, so you can imagine the man ran out of there screaming and was never seen again. Uh, But the reason that we know all of this actually happened is because the security guard happened to be walking up to the mausoleum that night with his dog. Please tell me they had camera footage. No. Damn it. There is now, but not then. Oh, that would have been so cool. So he, yeah, I know. Like, don't, don't worry, I've got. Come on, nineties, do better. I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna take care of you, baby. Okay. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay, I'm so excited. Okay. So the security guard was walking up to the mausoleum that night with his dog and saw the man running for his fucking life from the mausoleum. Like, can mm-hmm. you imagine? This dude was covered in goo and blood ugh, and ugh. and body dust. Plague goo. Ew. Um, so but the security guard decided to go in and check it out. And he found this guy's bag chilling there on the first level and then found the aftermath of the crash through the, through the floor. I don't know what the fuck they saw. It must've been really, really serious because the security guard quit like two days later, probably from the smell. 
<laughs> it was probably the smell of plague bodies. Look, it must have been sealed really, really well for nobody to smell that shit for 400 years. Like, nobody had any idea that that part was down there. Yeah, that... Something's fishy, though. For him to be able to just, like, fall through the floor, couldn't have been sealed that well if he just fell right into it. Well, I mean, it was really, really old, but, I mean, how often do people really... Truth sees. But smell can go through wood like that. I mean, I would think so if he fell but through it. But I guess it. nobody was going in there. Well, and by that time, it wasn't stinking anymore. Maybe. No. It was goo. Yeah, it was gooey. It was... Goo smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Goo smells. Whoa. <laughs> Next. Would you like to see inside the Black Mausoleum? I do. Okay. Inside the Black Mausoleum. There's the grate. You can see. And the steps. The first level is where the grate is. Why are there seashells? I don't know, but they're on the outside of it too. Like if, if you go back and look at the picture of the Black Mausoleum, they're, they're, you can see them through the outside. Why did they do that? That's a terrible design choice. Those are the stone steps that he went down. Love them. And I don't have any picture of the bodies. Oh, damn it. I'm sorry. I really needed plague body pictures. I know, I know, I know. I tried. I did. I tried. It's fine. I really wanted it. But whatever, people. Fine. Why are people so stingy with their dead body pictures? Because they're fucking bitches. Oh. <sighs> okay. Since then, Greyfriars Churchyard has been the center of strange events linked to the Mackenzie poltergeist. Visitors have left the cemetery with bruises, scratches, bite marks, broken fingers, welts, and burns. Some of them have passed out or gotten sick. Some reports smelts, smells of sulfur. Do you know what smells of sulfur indicate? Demons. There you go, baby. It's demons. Yep. Others hear, hear low growls, deep, dark laughter, or hissing sounds heard only inside of their heads. Nope. Oh, my fuck. Most attacks have occurred near the Black Mausoleum and the Covenanter's Prison. So, uh, more incidents. Actually, two days after the break-in, a woman was walking through the cemetery and noticed that the gates of the mausoleum were open, and she looked inside. No, 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 no. No, I would have looked inside, too. What I mean, ha I What happened to I the lady? Okay. But when she did, a cold, fierce of wind blew her off the steps and knocked her backwards so hard that it knocked her out. Oh, my gosh. Yep. A week later, after that, another woman was just walking by it, and she was choked unconscious. Oh, my God. When she came to, yeah, like, the, there were actual bruises and strangulation marks on her neck. What the fuck? Okay. Yep. Even uh, local residents also experience activity on a regular basis. There are numerous accounts of things getting moved. So, apparently, they, they like to redecorate a lot. I, okay. Like, there was this story of this one girl, uh, her and her boyfriend went out. Like, she was a collector of stuffed animals, and she usually kept them in the corner of her room. Well, they came, came back one night, and they were all stacked perfectly on her bed in the shape of a pyramid. Okay, that's creepy, but what does that have? Like, do, do they live? Okay, where the Kirkyard is, uh -huh. it is the neighborhood. Like, there are homes surrounding okay. it okay. like that is their backyard that's what i was getting at okay okay yeah no it's okay it, why don't i live there because we were born here i don't <sighs> know i'm i i ask myself that all the time mom 
dad, whoever. Birth givers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's what Asher calls me when she wants to get my attention. Birth giver. (laughs) The fuck do you want? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever want to be called that. She does it to be cute, but it's It's sometimes it's not. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Yay, preteens. <laughs> and it's just getting started. <laughs> uh, she's not even in double digits yet. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all keep me in your thoughts. <laughs> okay. So the tour company of the city, um, you know, the City of the Dead Tours, they manage the property now. And they still have documentation of the incident. But... Most of it was lost in a sudden random fire at their place of business. Hmm. Luckily, they still had a flash drive at their home. That's how you do it. That's how you fucking do the shit. Because now I have pictures to show y'all. Yay! Of the cuts and scratches and bruises and stuff. Okay. Go to victims. Injuries. Yikes! Um, Oh, my lanta. And the thing about all of these marks, they didn't realize while they were inside the tomb that they had even taken place. Like, they would walk outside of it and be like, oh, shit, what the fuck is this? Like, they had no idea. And all this stuff just popped up. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. I don't know if I have it written down. No. There was one lady that uh, her ankle got grabbed and she had a handprint on her ankle after she came out. But now, like, still to this day... If she goes and tries to lay out, when she tans, that handprint stays Shut white. up. Yeah. I would love for that to be true. I, I don't know if, if it is. If you are this lady. Contact please us. Please contact us. Our email is. <laughs> <laughs> Send photos. Yes, ma'am. Please. Okay. So, because of all this bad shit. In November of 1999, a spiritual minister slash clairvoyant, Colin Grant, was contacted to perform an exorcism. He was actually, like, really experienced in this shit. Like, he was the dude to call. He had a clairvoyant shop, like, right around the corner. He had extensive knowledge of exorcisms. So, he actually allowed a reporter, Susan Burrell, to document the whole thing. hmm Yeah. Um, she followed him around and took pictures and stuff. And as he walked around the entire yard, he spoke, you know, like he carried his Bible and a candle and something else. I don't know. Why wouldn't you have like holy water and sage and crucifixes and whatever? But anyways, he only had these few things. So he's walking around saying these passages and prayers. And Susan noticed that he began to get weaker and more tired as he got closer to the black mausoleum. And when he got to it, he actually fell down. And he said that he, he couldn't go in there. Like, oh that gosh. that was it. That's where he had to stop. He actually later stated that, I'm afraid this may have killed me. And one month later, he died of a heart attack. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, That's it, insane. Well, it it was an existing condition, and he was taking medication for it, and it was getting better. But, yeah, I I don't know. Wow. Um, a year later, his son attempted another one, 
but unfortunately both of them were unsuccessful. Like he, he said that he was able to, Colin said this, um, that he was able to free a bunch of like tortured spirits and people that didn't know how to move on. Mm -hmm. But there was this one entity that he could not even begin to battle. Demon. Demon boo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it, and it's still very active today. The frequency of events varies from once every couple months um, to five times a week. It, it just, I don't know. I guess it depends on the group. I don't know. But I do have a picture of Colin. Okay. And Colin's would, the son or the dad? That's the dad. He's the one that died. Yes. I would like you to take a close look at the picture of Mr. Colin Grant. It is blurry. Ooh. But if you look up in the top right corner, they blew up the window that's to his left. I see that. There is a dark figure peering out at him. Um, Damon. They actually tested like the angles of the flash because you can see there was a flash mm -hmm. used. Um, none of them replicated that shadow that's that's nuts mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't like it i don't like it either i mean i do but i don't yeah same z's yeah but it <laughs> this poor graveyard it doesn't help that people are dicks and they keep doing stupid shit like breaking in of course i mean it just keeps the activity going in 2003 uh some teenage boys i think they were like 15 and 17 they broke in and actually cut off Mackenzie's head. Shut up. Teenage boys are the worst. It was some kind of like little bullshit knife. Um, and they actually were playing like football out in the yard Shut with it when up. they were caught. They need a whooping. Uh, they, I think they got like some probation or some stupid bullshit. Something stupid. Yeah. But uh, I do have a picture of Mackenzie's head for you. I like the head. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they were playing with. <laughs> Is that an earring? I don't know. That looks like an earring. I, I'm not sure. It it looks like yeah. an earring stuck to some dried up cartilage. Yep. 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 Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, it's also rumored that students attending the... Edinburgh University located right behind the Black Mausoleum. Mm -hmm. And if you look back at pictures, like the picture of the Black Mausoleum, you can see a building directly behind it with a yes. bunch of windows. Yeah, that's the university. Okay. So, I mean, it's like literally right there. It's rumored that they used to steal the corpses for medical purposes. That was done all over the place. Yeah. It, it was. Mm -hmm. um, so now when you walk around the graveyard, you'll find these big cages on top of the graves called mm -hmm. mort safes. Yeah. And that's why. I love it. So they they don't know if it's Mackenzie because all of the clairvoyance and, you know, everything that they've done for this place, no spirit has ever identified itself as George. So they're just assuming. But whatever it is in there, like, it's, it's, it's totally fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, animals even act differently around it. I bet. Uh, there's a story of like one of the security guards. He was watching this bird one day sitting outside of the mausoleum and it was just staring in there, like just chilling. He even walked right up to the bird and the bird didn't move. And he left for lunch and came back and the bird was dead. Oh my God. 
Like, and that happened a lot, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I would suggest and to leave this place alone. Well, I'm going there. Yeah, so. we're, we're going to go there, but we're not going to fuck with it. I'm not going to play football disrespect with skulls, it. but I'm going to go. Yeah. As of 2012, there were over 400 incidents reported and documented. And out of those 400, 180 of those were people who actually passed out. 180 of them? 180. Um, so people have tried to debunk it. You know, there there are always people that can. Mm-hmm. Theories behind all of the experiences that people have had say that it's due to electromagnetic fields or pheromones or the fact that it's built on top of sandstone or because the Edinburgh University has an AI department on the other side of the wall. <laughs> you know, but I mean, yes, I can see that because it, it can interfere with your brain and make you see or hear things, smell things, whatever. But that really doesn't explain all of the bruises and scratches no. and shit. Uh, the mausoleum isn't the only reason people come to visit. I'm going to finish it up on Yay. a little bit of a happy note. I'm so excited. Okay, a lot of bit of a happy note. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So in front of the kirkyard, guarding the whole thing, is the statue of a cute little sky terrier dubbed the name Greyfriars Bobby. <laughs> Bobby belonged to a man named John Gray, who was the groundskeeper or gardener, something like that, of the Kirkyard back in the 1850s. When John passed away in 1858, Bobby stuck around. Aww. He became a regular resident and a favorite attraction of the Kirkyard. Actually, when the town declared that all dogs without owners had to be, you know, captured and disposed of or whatever the people of the town actually got together and put together some money and they got a license for him to remain there oh and that's to roam awesome free. yeah hell yeah he was at his master's grave every day for 14 years until little bobby laid down and passed away oh it's so adorable we don't deserve dogs um there's a statue i have a picture of the statue okay of bobby and I actually have a real picture of Bobby as well. Like, there's Look a little Bobby. collection. He's so, so cute. He's like, a scraggly little thing. I know. And, um, like, this actually used to be a fountain. That's why it looks kind of funny. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Isn't he adorable? Okay, yes. if you zoom in close to the picture of the statue, uh-huh. you will notice that his nose is a little bit faded. Uh-huh. It's because people are booping him. Aww. <laughs> For good luck. I want to boop Bobby. They they, t- <laughs> they touch his little nose. <laughs> How cute is that? That's super cute. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and show you. We'll reference the other pictures with this one because there is a John Gray's grave. Mm-hmm. And then we also have little Bobby's grave, which is like right as you walk in. Aww. How cute is it? I know. Yeah. They had much love for Bobby. Yeah, he is adorable. That's that's not even the best part. Where my Harry Potter fan said. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> you got a woo out of me. I am not a woo girl. <laughs> she wooed. Okay, all right. So, you know you know the writer, J.K. Rawlings? I may have heard of her. You know, that, that chick? 
Well, supposedly she used to sit out in the uh, the cafe that was right outside of the car. Well, is right outside of the Kirkyard. And she would take breaks and go walk through the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And um, as any cool person would do while they're writing a I novel. Mean, exactly. One more reason to love the bitch. And I say bitch is a totally term of endearment in this <laughs> situation. Um, but if you walk through, you may recognize the names of a few of the characters. There lies a Tom Riddle mm-hmm. and a William McGonagall. I have a picture of their graves. There's actually a few others. Um, there's a Charles Black. There's um, an Emily Moody. There's an Ann Potter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So she's just picked Fuck. names out of the cemetery. So I do have actual pictures of their graves, headstones, plaques, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So one of them says McGonagall. <laughs> okay. William McGonagall. Yeah. And Riddle. Hello. That's so awesome. I know. I'm so excited. So, yeah. This, this this place, we're going there. Ugh, we're saving please, our dollars. Please. And it's fall. It's so time to binge watch. It's time. Break out the wands. Every time is Get a the butterbeer. Ooh, not the butterbeer. No, I think we should, like, find a recipe and maybe... Okay, believe it or experiment. not, okay. I have the official, unofficial Harry Potter cookbook. Fuck! <laughs> Hell yeah. We can make <laughs> pumpkin pasties. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. I know. I do like, le- I legit have it. My mom bought it for me for Christmas. Dude. Mm-hmm. Halloween hump day treats. <gasps> yes. Ah, stay tuned. Stay Yo, wait. Tuned. Halloween's oh. going to be fucking ridiculous. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Plus somebody's birthday is on Halloween. Who could that be? Uh, her name starts with a B. I don't remember who it is, though. Bitchney? That's who it is. <laughs> That's who it is. That fucking, bitch. Fucking bitchney. <laughs> That's your alter ego now. It's, 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 it's official. I'm here for it. They all heard it. I got it. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah. So there you go, That baby. was fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. I really enjoyed this one. I love graveyards. I, I really... Man... Y'all, if y'all get the time, like, there's so many other details involved with all of the cases that we did. Yeah. I think we should do a Graveyards 2.0 episode later We on. might have to because there's so many others. So many to choose from. And I'm just sitting here thinking of the missed opportunity of some of the, some of the things we could have covered. Like, when you were talking about the greats over the graves. Like, there are so many things. Oh, Yeah. As far as like burial quirks from the Middle Ages and stuff yeah. that we could have like put in here, like the security coffins. Yes, yeah. so much missed yeah. opportunity. Well, I mean that they it was mentioned, but I yeah, yeah I wanted to save it. So yeah, good Graveyards job. Two point coming same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you really liked what we did, and if you like what we've been doing. You know what? I don't give a fuck. If this was your first time and you liked it, go to Apple. Yes. And give us a little rate and review. Yes. If you do give us a review, 
we still have a couple stickers to give away. People. We have stickers. We have oddities and curiosities stickers to give away. And they're completely free. And it's our first merch. Give us a review. Let us know that you did a review. Because we had one person that we had no <clears throat> fucking clue who it was. <clears throat> <clears throat> Joshua Roberts. Um, yeah. he. It's a friend of mine. And then we've already had this discussion. When we made the announcement, he still didn't He think. still didn't say, hey, yeah, that was me. So, yeah. So he's in trouble. Leave us a review and then tell us you left one and we'll get you a yeah. sticker. Because we need your address so we can send it to you. Yes. We still have three left. Mm-hmm. Three. Yeah. Only yeah. three. That's it. That's all we're doing. Okay. Yes. From here on out, after that, you're going to have to pay for them. Yes. Yeah. So, do that. Go look at all the pictures. Do that, yes. Awesome pictures this week. I mean, they're always awesome I mean, they're pictures. always good, and we always say that, but, like, really? Go look at our new castle. Yeah, if you love castles and graveyards and all the beautifulness and that comes along queens. with that, go look at the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yep. then if you have any suggestions for hump day treats or uh, episode topics or specific cases, just something you'd like to hear us talk about, We're let here us for know. It. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. We have, we have a few listed message on any of the things yep what else and i guess that's it except for my shout outs to amanda and craig and steven for awesome art music and editing most amazing people ever besides Brittany. that's so sweet i love you (laughs) (laughs) she's sucking up for something i feel it no i'm just excited because we're about to have a movie night and we hardly ever get to do this shit i know yeah and I'm hungry. We gotta eat quesadillas. And we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk to y'all later. Yup. We gotta go. Food's okay. calling. Yep. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye, Bye you guys.